1: Inside sources. Inside sources. Inside sources. Inside sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and we're going to shift gears just a little bit uh, away from some of the uh, political palace intrigue going on in our nation's capital. We'll come back to that because I think there are some important principles that we need to get to before we uh, wrap things up and uh, turn the page today. Uh, But I want to pivot for the moment to talking about the housing crisis and how do we really solve that. Uh, Really pleased to be joined by Ethan Blevins from the Pacific Legal Foundation, uh, who has a really interesting take in terms of some of the things we've seen during the course of the pandemic. Of course, we've seen the eviction moratoriums uh and a host of other things uh, going on and wanted to get uh, Ethan's take on is this helping or hurting is it prolonging a problem uh and what's the best path forward uh, Ethan thanks for joining us today
0: Thanks for having me
1: uh, So let's break this down a little bit uh, obviously there was this uh, freeze uh in evictions uh, as we got into the uh, the pandemic and uh, now we're kind of on this backside where we're starting to debate and look at the long-term ramifications on everything from eviction freezes to uh, unemployment insurance payments and everything in between. Uh, But as it relates to our affordable housing, uh, what's what's your take on that?
0: Sure. Well, most states and the federal government have been involved in uh, limiting evictions in some form or another, and they vary in their severity. So some states have just barred eviction period with no real exceptions. And uh, some like the federal approach allows for uh, eviction if it's not related to non-payment rent. So they've varied, but they all have, I think, the same um, core effect, which is that uh, landlords are unable to survive long-term without revenue. And uh, you know, plenty of tenants are paying their rent still. Uh, but we're about, I think, about twice the amount that is typical of renters across the country who are who are short on rent, often for legitimate reasons. Unfortunately, though, we know that some of them take advantage of these various moratoriums and say, hey, I realize there really isn't a consequence, at least in the short term, for me not to pay rent. And as a result, we have landlords who are facing potential foreclosure or bankruptcy um or who are just selling, so um, recent data that came from um the national rental home council says you know about fifty percent of single family rental homeowners have missed rental payments mm-hmm. since the beginning of pandemic, and eleven uh, percent of them have, have sold at least one of their properties and twelve percent have sold all their properties so not, and that's not good for the Outlook of the uh, of the housing crisis coming out of the pandemic, which of course pre-existed the pandemic, because that means those rentals are going off market. They're mm-hmm. probably going to take that by owner-occupied um, buyers, uh, given the hot housing market. And we just are going to come out of the pandemic uh, with not only a serious recession but also a shortage of housing.
1: Oh, that that's such a fascinating thing. And again, it's not something we. Normally, get into or talk about uh, it's it's sort of like the a small business owner who is having a hard time competing with the federal government uh, and people who are being paid more to stay at home than they are to actually go get that job. Uh, but we often don't talk about uh, these landlords, and, and sometimes we throw that term "landlord" out there like it's you know the it's the big boss person uh, or the gazillionaire person. But a lot of these are are people who have tried to be smart, who have tried to to acquire some rental units that they can that can help them pay for you know a college education for their children or for their retirement uh and so what you're saying is that uh, that this freeze is really impacting not just big organizations that own lots of properties uh, this this hits a lot of small size landlords uh, that are either having to sell or or to dip into their own savings just to stay afloat
0: Right. Now, we often don't realize that about half of the rental housing stock in the United States is owned and run by these small kind of mom-and-pop organizations where it's something they are using for their retirement or to supplement their own personal income. And they owe other costs, uh, mortgages, um, taxes, a variety of other things that they still, for the most part, are on the hook for. And, of course, they use their rent revenue for almost all of that, a very small portion of that monthly rent actually goes to their profits. When they can't pay it, they have to pay that mortgage out of pocket. And that's creating a huge burden on these small businesses and individuals, but it's also creating a burden on the housing stock.
1: Yeah, uh, fascinating stuff. And uh, just as we uh, close out, we've got just about a minute to go here, Ethan, and Uh, As you look at what what happens next, what do you see coming uh, down the pike, and what should we be aware of, what should we be watching out for uh, in the months ahead?
0: Well, so a lot of these moratoriums are starting to lift, um, and some are still in place. The federal one has been invalidated by a number of federal courts now. Um, The DOJ is still trying to enforce it uh, nonetheless. So it's unclear when these things are going to start lifting, but a lot of them are are, are due to end uh, mid-summer. And I think one of the unfortunate things about saying Oregon going to just bar evictions entirely is you're going to get a sudden surge when uh, eviction becomes an option. And I think a lot of those evictions wouldn't have happened if landlords had been in, in a position to negotiate with their tenants. But for the most part, you know, when tenants have all the bargaining power, uh, there's not much they can do to work out a deal. And so I think what we're going to see is a, a sudden surge, in evictions, and that's really going to disrupt not only the housing market but the courts and, uh, and result in, the, I think, a worse housing crisis than we would have had if we had taken a more reasonable approach and not put the burden on one group of people. Yeah,
1: So, and again, it's one of those so often the uh, the cure is uh, worse than the, d- the disease sometimes when uh, we have the government involved too heavily in some of those spaces, balancing the compassion of uh, of a pandemic. Uh, and the reality of, uh, of everybody moving forward. Uh, fascinating stuff. Ethan Blevins, uh, always appreciate your perspective from uh, Pacific Legal Foundation, and uh, we'll have you back to continue this conversation real soon. Thanks so much. All right, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, Jeff Kane, the executive director of the Homeless Veterans Fellowship, is going to help us uh, work through some of the things about getting our heroes off the streets. Stay with us on KSL News Radio.